welcome to Lights in the Sky podcast episode 67, casual chat about uncasual things. I'm Luke. And uh, Tony. Um, and I've figured out a new way to boost our ratings. Oh. We're going to be the number one podcast in this category. Just, are we going to destroy all podcasts that are ever created, ever? Um, no. Oh, okay. But we're going to be... <laughs> There'll be an easier way probably than make, making more entertaining content. We'll definitely... <laughs> yeah. I mean, we've struggled. We've struggled. We've slaved over entertaining content. Yeah, I used to talk about my week. <laughs> exactly. Um, so the way I thought we'd do it is um, we get to the number one uh, spot in the category. And then... What is that category? And then it will go from there. Well, that's what it kind of leads me to my next point. We can become the number one uh, paranormal sports podcast. <laughs> Okay. we can rule perfect. that category perfect. with an iron fist we love paranormal and we know our sports so given that um a lot of our audience seems to be in north america although not all of them um we're looking at the map just refer to the yeah, map just looking at the map if you can hear that um the nfl season's about to kick off so what are your thoughts on the seahawks now that the legion of boom split up i reckon um seattle i've got places to be and games to win and touchdowns to touchdown <laughs> uh they've got uh six and long you're just trying to flashback to madden from yeah. like seventh form when we're uh, leaving yeah school. fourth and inches <laughs> wasn't that name that, that old guy who used to be a kicker at mm-hmm. the the ramos what are your thoughts on um the Dallas Cowboys owners um, national anthem policy and Richard Sherman's comments uh, towards I, that. I think is I, I reckon they take a knee in church. So if they want to take a knee on the pew in church and take a knee for the national anthem, they should be allowed to. I oh, see. So you respect, disagree. Respect God. Respect Trump. Um, respect Texas. Respect your rich owners. Yeah, in Dallas. Dallas, yeah. Um, so you you say they're not allowed to, to kneel then, so you disagree no, with No, I reckon um, they're allowed to kneel, because they take a knee in church and kneeling, so why not kneel, <laughs> kneel, <laughs> why not knee? kneel on, on the field? If they want to, if, 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 I mean, they're going to be standing that whole game, mm-hmm. you know, there's lots of stoppages, mm-hmm. must be a lot of time standing around. Speak with me, re Todd Gurley. <laughs> Weird last name. Like, effeminate last name. But Todd's a horrible first name. So, <laughs> so they cancel each other out. They cancel each other out. It's a double out. negative. Yes. Yeah. Okay. That's so it might how... as well be Brian Smith with that. <laughs> uh, the, the Newcastle Knights coach. Yeah, probably. Former coach. Um, okay, so that was the sports segment. We're going to rock it to the top of the paranormal sports uh, ratings. Thoughts? Um, How did that go? You well, seemed confident in what you were saying. Well, there's a thing with sports. You just be confident. Mm-hmm. You, you fake it even if you, you aren't really feeling it. Yeah. Um, and the other thing you do is you uh, pick a bird and say they will go well. Eagles, seahawks, hawks, falcons. That's good. <laughs> All yeah. of those. You just say they'll go well. They'll go well. Anything sort of animal-based, primarily yep. a bird works, yep. of the avian yeah. variety is like a bird. Yeah. yeah crows for, oh. we could be talking afl magpies magpies hawks bay, Mag- hawks bay magpies i was in hawks bay last week hawks bay magpies mm-hmm. doing well yeah 
All right, so that ends the sporting segment. Let's jump into paranormal. Good. Or have you got a story before we hit that? Well, um, I guess we haven't said anything paranormal happened this week. Anything paranormal happened this week? No. Anything <laughs> abnormal happened this week? Uh, no. Worth mentioning. <laughs> anything worth mentioning? We the week off. <laughs> oh, yeah, I'm back. You can probably hear that back, I'm still baby. getting over. You are still a little bit snotto. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. We okay. bit nasally. We bit blocked, but um feeling fine the weird thing Congested. is i felt mostly fine for it was kind of a two-day period where i'm like just tired and blocked yeah. up but yeah i still sound worse than i feel put it that are way the, are you back on the choir back in the choir or no no the darfield men's choir <laughs> all right we know we live there now um <laughs> <laughs> no in short no what about that guy who stole the plane yeah that happened since last time um what was in that? seattle also that was the seattle he was yeah. trying to be a seahawk i believe because he crashed a q400 into the sea about is that to do with the legion of boom i think so yeah dismantling um he stole a plane yeah that's kind of weird that would happen yeah i remember um i mean you've been interested in uh, aviation for a long time and i remember you dazzling us with the knowledge that there's no key in a plane no, not. anyone could go in and press the start button and it would start up and yeah. that's kind of what happened yeah it's um i mean there's a few more things to do than that but like for for what that aircraft was he just had to um like for a turboprop plane like a, a propeller plane mm. they'll just start off a battery like for a jet it's a bit more complicated but they can just start off a battery on mm. a um, turboprop plane so they just started it up and like an aa battery uh like, like like a d a, like a ten thousand plus dollar battery um like a c really those expensive. ones are real expensive have you yeah. tried buying a c-sized battery the, the, for a torch the, 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 the batteries in the camera i've got at the front door they're expensive what are they like cr123 or something like that oh are they little like discs looking things oh uh, no but they're like meh and like they bleh. <laughs> moving on <laughs> anyway he yeah went for a ride that's um, crazy well he, apparently he was a little bit and that's sort of why he did it which mm. sucks man damn mm. um in lighter news something else <laughs> i've got <laughs> nothing i'm just sort of exhaling this is your week <sighs> <laughs> i just turn up and hit record you do um so you just heard, heard a conversation with my partner around the um the license plates that turned up yep so we're selling his car mm-hmm uh, if you want a Nissan, anyone out there after a Nissan from New Zealand? <laughs> if you're after a Nissan from New Zealand. What sort of Nissan? A wing road. Oh, yeah. Good car. Yeah. Good vehicle. It's done well. I think it's like 200,000 plus K. Nope. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Although I've clicked your old one up to 170. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's happened quickly. Yeah. Well, I guess you, you do the Ks to your satellite settlement. Mm-hmm. But, um... So looking to sell that. So getting the plates because he's backed into a few things. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Simple as that. Yeah. Um, um, high, notable highlights on what has been backed into in the car? Um, well, I, I think another car was, I think he was rear. Oh, no, that was the front. Sorry. He was crashed into the front. That wasn't his fault. How did he crash into the front of a car? Well, I think he, uh, it was an arrow, green arrow turning and someone came through the intersection. Oh, yeah rough um i think backed into a wall or a fence or something like that Ooh. i think most i think both mirrors were knocked off at various stages what the heck 
You're yeah. really selling this car. Yeah, well, they pack on. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so we got that. And um, my car mm-hmm. is um, the got Golf Mc- plates as well. Golf and Golf Face. Yeah. Uh, I was rear ended. Yeah. Pleasurably. <laughs> no. Actually, it wasn't very enjoyable, which is rare in the rear end for my. For keep me, for going. Me. Keep yep. going. Yep. Yep. Go on. Go on. Get into the on. I think I think you'll click with me on this one. Mm-hmm. A bus pulled out. Oh. I had to slam my brakes on. That can't be legal, right? I know. The buses here have a small giveaway sign on the back of them, and that just gives them license to just pull out. he didn't even indicate. He just pulled out. Yeah. And, um, There's a difference, right? I came around the corner, and I saw that um, a passenger had just stepped off the bus, and I thought, oh, he's going to pull out. And there was cars on my right-hand side. Remember, we drive on the left-hand side. Cars to the right of me. So, like, left-hand side of the road, and on the right-hand side of me, there are cars turning right into a side street. Mm-hmm. So I couldn't go around. Mm-hmm. The bus is in like one of those weird kind of like um, bus stops where yeah. there's not quite a full bus stop. It's kind yeah, of like yeah. It's like a passing, like a a lay layby. A layby. There's a yeah. layby, but it's not big enough for labia, the entire bus. A layby. That's not quite large enough uh, for the bus because bus is packing. It's stacking. It's got plenty going on there, and um, so there's not quite enough room for you to pass. It's beefcake bus, and there's no way past. Yeah, and. So I saw a, saw a passenger step off, and I was like, oh, he's going to pull out, I reckon. Mm-hmm. So I slowed down. Yeah. Ton anticipated this. Remember I did the defensive driving course? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's a, I certainly still, remember still you bringing paying, it up. Still paying dividends. <laughs> still paying dividends. But you like, still crashed the car. No, I didn't crash. I'm not held responsible. Okay, carry on. So I saw the bus was about to pull out, and I thought, I reckon this guy's going to be a, a J case and pull out. So I, Jackass. I, I slowed... And then all of a sudden he did, so I braked. The two people behind me, though, were not anticipating oh, the movement. Oh, my goodness. And they crashed ba- into the back of me. It was a yeah, a good old-fashioned up the rear end bit of fun from two strangers. Jesus. Yeah. Well, sorry to hear that. <laughs> you don't have much luck with cars of late. Well, um, there, was, there was obviously the theft. The theft about this time last year. <laughs> yeah, it's been nearly a year since the theft. Has <coughs> it really? Yeah, it was September mm. last year. Yeah, um, well, you got your Hilux stolen, Hilux and then they stolen. crashed it into a traffic island that's, down the road. That's right. Which, they, which I hated the traffic island, which actually saved the day. Yeah, saved the day. Mm-hmm. Um, so that wasn't great. But I got the car back, and yep. in this case here, it wasn't uh, again wasn't great. But my um, again my Volks, my Volkswagen is built like a German Panzer tank. Um, and there and was, you just spun the turret around and just shot. Them. I did, yeah, yeah. And there was hardly any damage. Really? Yeah, it was amazing. Excellent. Um, so the license plates had to replace the license plate that got a like. It was a, the only damage was the license. Yeah, plate the bumper, the bumpers coming off is going to give like a good massage. Yeah. To like smooth it out a wee bit. That's definitely the right word. I think so I think it's what the panel be to say. You drop it off at a masseuse. I did, yeah, I went to like <laughs> Thai Oasis masseuse and I was like, hi, the insurance company told me to come here, drop this one off. <laughs> so. Uh, roll, uh, walking through the middle of the mall, looking yeah. for one of those stalls in the middle. <laughs> Gong Li Chinese massage, yeah. <laughs> so I'll, I'll show you later on when you leave and you can sort of assess the damage for yourself. But mm-hmm. um, the other cars came off far worse. But right. um, I was in the clear. Like I said. You know, when I called the insurance company, I was like, the bus pulled out in front of me, um, but I was going slow because I thought it was going to, and the two cars behind me, they were both young guys, mm. um, yeah, got a bit of a 
Gotta bang up the rear end from two young <laughs> two fellas. Young dudes. Two young dudes. Just It didn't cost you a cent. No. <laughs> Excellent. Or maybe an excess. No, it didn't cost me anything. Oh. I'm not at fault. I don't pay anything. Excellent. It's just going to be the... Uh, well, not, not excellent, but yeah. better than it could be. <laughs> I'll say excellent. <laughs> the, um, the excellent thing is everyone stops in time and you drive home normally. Yeah. It was that weird thing, like, when there was an accident, like, it happened, and I was like, ugh. The bus did that, like, it, it, it did the weird, like, hair all dicks. the lights. <laughs> yeah, which is like, thank you. But effectively, it was like, ladder dicks. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, I'm off. Yeah. And it's like, three cars with Sucks smoke piling. Yeah. Yeah. So then, because the bus stops in that weird kind of lay-by bit, there's all, and, and it's really narrow, there's all, like, orange line stopping, so I had to mm. drive and drive and drive and drive and drive and drive and drive, and drive to try and pull over. Yeah. I wasn't sure how many cars were involved, because it got hit a couple of times. Right. And, um, yeah, stopped and got out, and... Um, wow. Could the other cars move? Like, yeah. were they too damaged? No, nah, they're fine. They can mm. move. Um... But so was it the guy behind I you? The, I, I called the insurance company and um, I'm not sure. Can I give out a license plate on the podcast? Probably not. No. <laughs> but the pl- license plate you? of the third car yeah. that was the one that hit. Because uh, I think I got hit mm. from the car behind me. Then the car behind him hit him and then hit me again and shoved oh, yeah. me along. Yeah. And they said, oh, do you have the license plate numbers? I said, oh, yes, yes. So uh, it was... Um, Big uh, giant Willie 769. Yeah. So I gave the license plate and um, they were like... Uh, it was a personalized plate that sounds very uh, boy uh, racery, like uh, roto human yeah, or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. It had bro in it. Oh wow! Yeah, was it like a matte black car? Uh, it was a uh, like really highlighter blue. <laughs> so they were like, and both the guys were quite a bit younger than I was. Mm. So they were like, yeah, they're probably following too close, and maybe on their cell phones. Yeah. So yeah, new plates. Um, and panel beaters coming up in, yeah, a couple, uh, next week. Excellent. And, um... So this is going to be rocketing to the top of your, um, paranormal sports and insurance claims category. I think, um, this is probably something we should... We've done a couple of insurance claims on this podcast before. <laughs> I think sort of every late August, early September, we do an insurance claim, a vehicle insurance claim section of the podcast yep, so okay we've done that last year we've done it again this year so if you've got an insurance claim you want to get in for next year yeah um email it in and we'll read it out if you want to like August maybe rear end either one of us <laughs> just let us know and we'll gladly talk about it in the podcast <clears throat> excellent um and so tomorrow i'm going to uh big smoke auckland okay large city new zealand and yeah. uh going car shopping all oh, right. So, what do you mean? Oh, not for yours. Yours no, is fine. Yeah. So to replace the partner's car mm-hmm. and um, also the Hilux, which I sold earlier on in the year. So new SUV. Test drive it around Mount Smart. Yeah. If I like it, <laughs> I'll drive it back tomorrow and sell it to me in a few years' time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like yeah. We so did the last this one. time tomorrow, I might be on the road driving it back. All right. So, yeah. That's exciting. Um, let's move into something paranormal because that's what people are here for. It is. Um, each week on the podcast, one of us will bring a paranormal story that is uh, not usually involving insurance claims um, to educate the other one. Uh, this week, it is Tony's turn. So what have you got for us? So um, I've emailed you. Oh, yes. Have you opened it yet or are you just No, not I, was, yet? I oh, didn't yeah. want to spoil it. That's cool. Oh, well, don't open it just yet. I'll tell you when you should. I just opened it. No, oh, too late. <laughs> Did you really? I just saw a, a flash of a person. Oh. 
It was your email, your right? <laughs> it was someone yeah. else's email. Weird. That's it's uh, <laughs> it's quite disturbing. Um, so today we're going to talk about um, sort of a, a weird category of sports and insurance. Of sports insurance and uh, whatever we talk about normally on this podcast, mythology. Are we mythology podcast? I, I don't even remember anymore. Paranormal action. Yep. We're talking about um, a dear friend of ours. Mm-hmm. Well, Hitler. No. No, oh, I was close. <laughs> I don't know who, the, who it is yet, so I don't We're know We're talking about um, Indrid Cold. <laughs> <laughs> dear friend of ours. Okay. He's um he's been known he's known as the grinning man of nineteen sixties folklore. Is he who the Joker was based on? Well, he looks very Jokerish, but also the image I have got here, and I'll put it on the email. Uh, Should I like, have a look? Yeah, have a look at the have a look at the picture. See yep. what you think. You got him there? Yeah. Like, um, what do you think? Who do you think that looks like? Walt Flanagan. Walt Flanagan. <laughs> I think he looks kind of Michael Cera-ish as well. A little bit Michael Cera. He does look quite a bit like the Jared Leto Joker, though. Mm. It's the slick back hair and the big yep. smile. Maybe like a. Yeah, but Michael Cera. But I see more Walt Flanagan. (laughs) (laughs) And fair enough, too. Um, So I'll I'll, I'll crack into this and I'll tell you when your resources are needed. So what you're going to play is the part of Injured Cold. Okay. Okay. I'm not not that keen on this. (laughs) You've written me a part to Uh, read out. No, I haven't written you a part. This is like for like, quote for quote, what uh, apparently Injured said to our dear friend Woody. All right, this is becoming a theme. You bring a story and it's just your way of crafting some sort of weird part for me to read out. So remember, as as we get into the story, you'll sort of learn that he's an unusual humanoid entity. So I wouldn't expect... Remember, I want to hear that smile in your voice. Okay. In your tone. It's like you're a call center operator, you're picking up the phone, you're bloody happy about who you're talking to. You're delivering A++ customer service. This kind of brings up something I've been thinking about, where let's say there was a legitimate alien encounter. I'm not even saying UFO, because UFO means something we can't identify. Correct. An alien encounter. Someone had an alien show up in their living room and they sat and talked about it for an hour, talked with them for an hour and a half. Well, we did an episode about that not long ago, about potential MIB, MIBs. Mm-hmm. Let's say that happened and you delivered it, delivered that news to, let's say, reporters, to everyone you knew in the most boring monotone. Do you think you'd have... A better or worse chance of being believed than if you were actually like excited or animated about it. Um, boring monotone. I just spoke to some aliens and they told me all of the secrets of the universe. Now say it other way. I just spoke to some aliens. They told me all of the secrets of the universe. They both sound very unbelievable. That's <laughs> <laughs> like this guy. I'm not an actor. <laughs> <laughs> but like, I just spoke. To some aliens. I, I reckon if you deliver it like scared, that would work. I just spoke to some aliens. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> it sounds like very Haley Joel Osment from. Uh, <laughs> okay. What's that movie called? Six Sense. Six Sense. Yeah. Well, can't wait for the sequel, The Seventh Sense, where they have like alien, uh, <laughs> alien ghost feelings. I've got ghost feelings i've got ghost feelings anyway um onto this walt flanagan character 
On November 2nd, 1966, in Parks, Parkersburg, man, bad start. All right. Start the episode <laughs> I'm again. I'm off the podcast. <laughs> in Parkersburg, West Virginia, at around the same time uh, and place as the notorious Mothman came about. So we covered the Mothman. Yeah. Or Mothman. Yes. Uh, as he's unpopularly known. It's mainly Mothman. Most people say Mothman. Mm-hmm. Like the movie The Mothman Chronicles. Yes. Um, do you remember what it was called, the episode? Episode 27. Uh, Mothman always says, remember, wash your hands or something. Uh, Mothman says, employees must wash hands. <laughs> yes. Yep. Yep. So, Woodrow, Woody, Derenberger, was driving home from his job as a sewing machine salesman. Mm-hmm. So, as Woody as he liked to be called, yep. uh, came up on the intersection of I-77 and Route 47, he thought that a truck was tailgating him without its lights on. You're like, dick move. Mm. Um, unsafe driving. Like, unlike, you know, Ton here, who did a defensive driving course in <laughs> 2007? Who cares? Earlier than that. <laughs> no cares. Five, 2005, up. I think. Yeah. Um, so Woody, who had did a defensive driving course, pulled over. He didn't do a defensive. No, he did. He'd pull, he'd, oh, he'd he done had. One. It was he'd, the truck he, that he had, had done it. one. So Woody pulled over and yeah. to let the truck pass. Yeah. He was a defensive driver and a good all-round um, sort of, I, I guess, believer in spacing and distances, following and Only a fool breaks the two-second rule. That's right. Woody, yeah. Woody memorized that. Mm-hmm. And is it four in the wet? Four seconds in the wet? Uh, four in the wet, don't you forget. <laughs> I think I just made that up. All right, make an ad. That's great. To his astonishment, what Derenberger thought was a truck with a char- was in fact a charcoal-coloured UFO without any lights on. So again, lights on, no lights on. This guy, injured, and his mate, mm-hmm. who's driving this UFO, mm-hmm. defensive driving course. Okay. Booking them on it. Yep. It stopped and hovered about 10 inches, or 25 centimetres, okay. <laughs> above the road. <laughs> then a hatch opened, and an ordinary-looking man stepped out. Mm-hmm. The man was dressed in dark clothing and had a beaming grin. Shit-eating grin? <laughs> Did you call it a shit-eating? A shit-eating grin. As the man walked towards Woody tr- Woody's truck, Woody exclaimed, Wipe that shit-eating <laughs> grin off your face. Yep. And the craft shot up to about 40 feet, or 12 metres in the air, where it floated above the highway. All right, you're on. I'm on? I've, um, I've given you a highlighted uh, text. Okay. So uh, here we go. All right, <clears throat> let's do this. As the man approached the truck, Woody heard the words so this is give me some motivation again how did you describe it humanoid humanoid entity oh yeah so i think it's a person trying to impersonate a person so (laughs) yeah like maybe so he just have the inflections would be a bit wrong yeah that's it yeah and kind of like do not be afraid i mean you no harm i only want to ask you a few questions the man's lips did not move. Which ones? Wait, carry on. The words simply formed in Derenberger's mind. The strange man wandered up alongside Woody's truck and introduced himself 
as injured cold. Derenberger described cold as about 35 years of age. Old. It's older than us. <laughs> yeah, by like two years. <laughs> yeah, old. <laughs> Trim built, six feet or 1.8 metres tall, 185 pounds or 84 kilograms, with dark eyes and dark slicked back hair. Cold wore a long, dark coat, and beneath the coat, pervert, Woody was able to glimpse fabric that glistened. Sparkly undies. Sparkly thongs, yes. <laughs> um, this guy sounds like he's straight out of the Matrix. It does, actually, yes. Mm. It's that kind of a look, isn't it? Yep. The, the big trench coat with just, the slick He's just hair. missing glasses. I yeah. Uh, throughout the conversation, Cold kept a frozen grin. And curiously, and this is what I love the most about this sentence, and but here I'm not sure if you've read ahead, <laughs> because this is you, and yeah. I wonder if you're injured cold, yeah. because the way you stand sometimes, mm-hmm. and curiously, hid his hands beneath his armpits most of the time. So we can establish that my hands are beneath my armpits. I'm not rubbing my nips, as you call it. <laughs> As I said, I'm thinking here, it could as well be, and curiously, rubbed his nipples with his hands <laughs> most of the time. People believe they were trying to tune in Tokyo. <laughs> <laughs> Cold pointed at the city lights of Parksburg. Parksburg. Parkersburg. I, I cannot pronounce a street, street it's again, not street name, city name. Okay, start the podcast again. Delete everything we've got. Welcome to the Lights number one the sports pod. paranormal <laughs> podcast of all time, including insurance claims. I'm Luke. <laughs> um, Cold pointed at the city lights of Parkersburg and asked Mr. Derenberger, What do you call that over there? Derenberger replied, Why, that's Parkersburg, and we call that a city. Cold hmm. responded, where I come from, we call it a gathering. Do you think he maybe thought that was quite funny? Like, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, do it again with that we laugh. Where I come from, we call it a gathering. <laughs> <laughs> you grinning asshole. Uh, as the men talked, cars passed under the craft, which drifted above the road, the occupants seemingly unaware of the UFO. Cold then asked more about Parkersburg. Do people live there or do they work there? Woody answered, Why, yes, people live and work there. Woody sounds really annoying. <laughs> like, like he's amazed at everything. What is your mate? He'd be the one mate? that, like... He's your mate! He'd be the one that, uh, you know, finishes a stubby and then throws the bottle into the wheelie was, bin yeah. and is just absolutely elated at it yeah landed that shot (laughs) (laughs) and he'll say kobe as he does it yeah yeah uh where were we i forgot (laughs) cold interjected do you work mr derenberger derenberger burger burger i'm saying burger i'm saying burger i think you've been saying burger Derenberger. But I'm from another planet, so what would I know? Yeah, right. Maybe it's Berger. Also, Derenberger. Derenberger <laughs> answered... Start the podcast again. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, welcome to Tom. <laughs> Is that how we begin? Sure. I am a salesman. That's what I do. Do you have a job? That would be wonderful. <laughs> 
cold answered. Yes, I am a searcher. Wow. A searcher. That's pretty cool. Like when you have to write that on your like occupation on that customs form. Searcher. Searcher. That is a cool mm. job. I bet that gets you laid. Yeah. Yeah. Searcher. Searcher. Yeah. It's like you meet someone in a strange poorly lit bar. Don't get me started on customs forms because they don't fit my name. No, I bet they don't. No, they don't fit my name. I have too many middle names. For I just a customs I just form. put initials like now. I have to drop two. Damn. Drop two names. But even just, I just put initials. Like, I always put, like, Anthony AP. <laughs> so I do. Hmm. Um, Cold seemed to notice what... Okay, so, by the way, this is a big line. There's a lot for you to come up, up here. <coughs> right. So you want to make sure you're lubricated. Have you had a sip of that beer recently? You make sure you, I want to get make sure your vocal cords are well lubed. So lube yourself up to the max, and um, we'll get into this. <coughs> <clears throat> Cold seemed to notice Woody was scared and he commented on it. Why are you so frightened? Do not be afraid. We mean you no harm. You will see that we eat and bleed the same as you do. We only wish you happiness. At the proper time, the authorities will be notified about our meeting, and this will be confirmed. <laughs> Sounds a bit like this is Nugget. <laughs> it does, actually. Yeah. I slipped into Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds evil. From the What Say You podcast that never does anything. <laughs> no. We have way more episodes than What Say You. We do. Yeah. But you know what they'd say? GFY. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the entire conversation took between five and ten minutes, and then injured cold with his ever-present grin said, "Mr. Derenberger, I thank you for talking to me. We will see you again." <laughs> Nugget. <laughs> <laughs> I will wipe the shit-eating grin off my face. <laughs> Nugget says, "I will wipe the shit-eating grin off your face." <laughs> your Nugget is Indian. Very Indian. Messing like it's very Indian. <laughs> I like a little bit of curry mixed in with my honey. Stop being racist. <laughs> Get on with it. No Indians on the map. <laughs> refer you to it. If you're listening in India and are offended or have any heritage from India, please get in touch and I will seek retribution on your behalf. <laughs> Nugget will not pay for racial discrimination. <laughs> okay, uh, hurry up, Kuthrapoli. Yeah, it's ending. That's ending. What is? Big Bang Theory. Uh, about time. I yeah. thought it actually already had. Aye, another season. I assumed as it was all repeats by now. As soon as the conversation ended, the craft immediately came back down and again floated about 10 inches or 25 centimetres off the road. A hatch opened and a very human-looking arm extended, pulling cold up into the craft. The ship then jetted up into the air and shot away at a very high rate of speed. Weird. Arriving home, Mrs. Derenberger... So my met... part's over now? Yeah. There's not another email I'm about to nah, receive? you're good. Oh, no. <laughs> met her husband at the door. She later said that Woody could not have been any more whiter than if he had been lying in a coffin. Mrs. Derenberger's claim... No, that's right. That's not right. Mrs. Derenberger's called the West Virginia State Police, and her husband gave a brief report of what he claimed to have happened. 
The next day, Woody was interviewed about his experience and grilled by a reporter and the police chief. Representatives from Wright-Patterson Air Force Base arrived later as well to chat about his sighting. Derenberger's life would transform drastically after his encounter with cold. Strange visits from men dressed in black clothing began. They would arrive at his house and ask Woody questions about his UFO experience. Hmm. So a bit of MIB. MIB. Yeah, some men in black arriving. Yeah. So that kind of, uh, that doesn't really tie in with the last men in black story where it assumed they were aliens, right? Um, yeah, but again, the, it's again, it's probably something odd. They're, if they were strange visits, they probably weren't, um, you know, coming around for like tea and pleasantries. Oh, yeah, yeah. But I'm saying the... Some people think the um, the men in black are the like you know uh, secret service almost that come and hush you up. Others think that you know like we talked about last time they yeah, were well, actually aliens yeah. themselves. Well, that previous experience seemed like they were very um, unhuman. Mm. Yeah, that's right. Based on sort of the weird stuff for that kind of odd touching <laughs> and photos of you naked thing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Derenberger claimed that Cold returned to visit him many times. Actually, maybe here say, I've returned to visit you once again. Nugget has returned to visit you. <laughs> so good. <laughs> At one point, Woody went missing for almost six months and said he was with the aliens. Fascinating. The local population, though, became sceptical. In 1967, a year after his first encounter with Cold, Derenberger stated he visit, visited injured Cold's home planet of Lanolus. Lanolin? Like, Is it Lanolin? Like, it was like sheep's lambswool? <laughs> sheep's wool? Uh, Derenberger's psychiatrist, who had given Woody a clean bill of health, was apparently also contacted by injured Cold. This is getting fishy now. Cold didn't reach out by phone, but telepathically. Right. Maybe you can get an example of that. Yeah. I just did it telepathically. Ah, I note, I note, I note. (laughs) Despite the growing scepticism, there were odd flashing lights seen in the sky and curiosity seekers stalked. Just before you go on, can you just hashtag that? Oh, hashtag... Despite the the growing skepticism, there were odd hashtag, no, wait, there were odd flashing hashtag lights seen in the sky. It's still not quite right. (laughs) And curiositors, curiositors, curiosity seekers stalked Derenberger's modest farmhouse. Mm -hmm. Eventually, Woody, with his family, moved from the area and stayed away for decades. He eventually returned home in the 1980s and R.I.P., Died in 1990. <clears throat> so, going to kind of sum this up now. So, one theory is that the grinning man, Indrid Cole, shit eating grin man, may be an alien entity. Mm-hmm. And this is supported by his close connection with the UFO sightings and activity. Yep. And with what Woody reported. Others believe that he was a normal human man. Or a hoax that uh, was maybe based off the popularity and fear 
of the Mothman or Mothman, depending on how you pronounce depending it. Depending on if you've listened to the or podcast. Equal Rights that. Podcasts. <laughs> who was first sighted just 12 days after cold appeared in West Virginia. Still, others believe that the mystery of the Mothman and cold may be connected. Maybe they hitched a ride on the same ship. Mm-hmm. A few elements to Woody's story make it believable that something of an extraordinary nature happened to him. There is speculation that something otherworldly maybe initially occurred, but Derenberger later added to the tale to sensationalise the events. Woody made some pretty far-fetched claims of interplanetary travel to Cold's home planet in the galaxy of Ganymede, where everything was peaceful, there was no war, and the planet was inhabited by nudist residents, whose lifespan is 125 to 175 years. Mm-hmm. Woody eventually went on what, to... What, Earth years or Ganymede years? Ganymede years. So what is that? 180? Maybe. <laughs> you add five to everything. <laughs> Woody eventually went on to self-publish a book called Visitors from Lanolis. Lanolin? In 1971. Chronicling his space adventures, which despite the scepticism of his claims and those who called him a fraud, boasts a respectable 4.3 out of 5 stars on Amazon.com. Interesting. From 16 reviews. Is it it available on Kindle? (laughs) I wouldn't mind reading that. What's the book called, does it say? Uh, Visitors from Lanolis. Yeah, but what is the book called? That's what the book's called. What is the book called? Visitors from Lanolis. Lanolin. How do I spell that? Lanolin. How do I spell that? L-A-N-U-L-O-S. So 63% gave it five stars. Really? Um, do, you, do you think, though, they gave it five stars not because the book's good, but because it's kind of, I guess, what's the word, culturally significant to UFO people? Maybe. Here's, here's a five-star one here. Mm. What a treat. So happy to finally get my hands on this gem by DM. The real deal. I've been searching for this book for quite some time. Imagine my surprise when I noticed that there were copies available on Amazon. What a treat. I Hang on. Let's just imagine his surprise. Wow. I think I wet myself. He was quite, he was <laughs> quite surprised. Away. I originally heard about the story from The Eyes of the Mothman on Netflix. We should watch that, actually. Mm. If it's Um, in our country. Yeah. I was quite excited to get my hands on a copy because I grew up close to Parkersburg. Parkinson's. And that guy, guy, Tony, on that podcast can never pronounce it. West Virginia. (laughs) I am not completely finished with the story. So the verdict is still... He hasn't finished the book. Wait till you you finished it. You can't rate it. It's like rating a hotel when you check in. I am so happy to finally get my hands on this gem. Stop saying that. He's saying that all the time. Uh, Well, I'm also looking forward to reading Woodrow Derenberger's daughter's story. I heard she was also releasing a book. There's three comments here. (laughs) All right. Let's call it. Unless Uh, there's some amazing comments, I don't think people are here to listen to us read Amazon (laughs) reviews. Uh, And the one star... Poorly written sci-fi fantasy. Oh. A very quick read. The author makes some outlandish claims about visitors from a strange planet from Lanolis who drop down to visit him and take him on trips on a UFO. Chapter 2, Andrew Cold says that Lanolis is practically the same as Earth with woods, fields, 
streams and oceans. So very much like the ones on our planet. Does everyone on Lanolin have shit-eating grins? <laughs> I think so. It's like yeah. a planet of shit-eating grins. He also said he had taken samples of vegetation, as well as some of our animal species, and that there were very few examples that they were similar to the plants and animals on his planet. <laughs> this shit review. Yeah. Not very enjoyable at all. <laughs> Thank you, Johns, with an S. <laughs> <laughs> Johns. Um, moving on. Moving on. We're done. All right. So that's um, the uh, the tale of injured cold. I I want to want to know more about planet Lanolin and its shit eating inhabitants. If you, apparently, if you watch the Mothman Chronicles, mm. um, in in that movie, injured cold calls on the phone and has some weird interaction with Richard Gere's character. I have seen it. But it's been a long time, but. Um, Evidently, uh, from what I did during my research, that was all just made up. They just, because it happened around the same time, they worked in the movie, they worked Injured Cold into that to make him some creepy, horrible character. Mm. When actually he was just quite a nice alien, from the sounds of it. Mm. But yeah. What makes it a shit-eating grin? Where does that term come from? Um, I think it's, I mean, it's not literally eating shit, I believe. Mm. I think it's maybe that, you know, that's just, just so smug. Yeah. That's what I'm thinking it is about being a smug asshole. Yeah. So there's a planet of smug assholes called Lanolin. Yeah. <laughs> okay. In the Ganymede galaxy. <laughs> yeah. And they're all naked. Yeah. Uh, apparently yeah. they also drink, uh, decaf coffee. Really? Yeah. Mm. Clothing optional. Yeah. Over iced coffee. It's clothing optional planet. <laughs> Um, let's move on to the final segment final of the segment. show. We call this one Get Me Some Strange. Music, please. <laughs> um, in this segment, we take the 1982 Reader's Digest version. I'm going to flick to a random page. Tony will tell me when to stop, and I'll read one of the random tidbits um, from the pages we land on. All right. Begin, please. Flicking now. Ooh, about halfway through. Stop. Stopping here. What is our section tonight? We have. Uh, struggling with one hand. <laughs> need to put it down. We have it's becoming too much. We have, I have no tabletop. Um, I think we are in Inexplicable Crimes and Assaults. We haven't had this one much, I don't think. I don't think so. We had the one where that guy was in the room and was dead but didn't kill himself. Or That's something. right. Yeah, it was like shot in the room, wasn't he? And there was no way they could have shot him. Hmm. And no gun found in the room. Okay. Um, A Mother's Curses, this one's called. Oh. Not all cursed deaths take place in primitive places. The following events, for example, occurred in Oklahoma in 1960. The case involved a man... I think some people would argue Oklahoma's pretty primitive. Just saying. Whoa. Oh, oh. If you're from Oklahoma... Look on the map. (laughs) There's no pin. We're okay. You're from Oklahoma. So, so far, I've got potential vile criticism from India and Oklahoma today. Exactly. Um, uh, Tweet us and I can uh, seek retribution on your behalf. Yeah, first we'll stick a pin in my eye and then we'll stick it up on the board. How about that? The case involved a man who had been raised by a very domineering mother. When he decided to open a nightclub... We've heard this. Have we? Yes, we have. What happens then? Um, he, like, wishes her bad luck and then, like, there's, like, a... Exactly right. Yeah. So, does that mean I reread it at speed now? Um, next time over. Next one. Remember this, a domineering mother. 
Isn't it weird? We've hardly had the section yet that's okay. come back. Um, let's try this it's one. Then. That Living on the run. The Kundila is used by the Aborigines for initiation ceremonies against enemies and against those who have broken tribal laws. Within those spheres, its power is awesome. There seems to be only one instance of a man surviving after being condemned to die by the by the bone without the antidote of white man's medicine. Now, you're the there? one. You're the one. What? Who's calling out uh, these wee little groups of uh, <laughs> specific just races. I'm just saying, you know, you, you had me, you had on, had on me in India and now... Right, I'm still going. Okay. The man, Alan Webb... If you want to implicate yourself in this, go further. A full-blooded aborigine of the Arunta tribe had shot a fellow tribesman during a struggle over a rifle. In April 1969, the court found that Webb had been attacked and the rifle had gone off accidentally. He was declared not guilty of the manslaughter charge. Outside the courtroom, after the verdict had been returned, Webb was met by a tribal delegation. The white men's court was irrelevant, he was told, and he would have to stand trial before his peers in the, among the Arunta. Webb knew very well what the tribe's verdict would be. Yeah, they don't got to retry you if they... Can you appeal that? Yeah. <laughs> They're going to retry you if they agree with the white man's court. Webb knew very well what the tribe's verdict would be. He had killed a member of his own tribe, therefore he must die. He promptly left Alice Springs and was sentenced to death in absentia by the Aruntas. This time the Kodaitja had a more difficult task than usual. Their quarry was driving a van and living in it with his wife, two children and three dogs. That's a lot of people in a van. A lot of guy, a lot of people crammed into a van. <laughs> a bunch of people crammed, crammed into, into a, a van. van yeah. Like a tight pair of jeans. Yeah. He slept with a rifle at his side, ready to be awakened at any moment by the barking of the dogs. By 1976... Spooning a rifle. That's quite nice. By 1976, the date of the last available information, Alan Webb had managed to evade the Kodaitja for seven years earning his living doing odd jobs and moving on whenever he heard that the death squad was coming his way it's improbable that anyone has survived an aborigine death sentence for a longer period but webb knew and perhaps still knows that the kodaitja would never abandon their pursuit and although he spent his life on the fringe of white society he realized that if his hunters ever came close enough to the point the kandela they would be as good as dead he would be as good as dead killed without a trace of injury by nothing more substantial than a spear of thought <laughs> i don't think that deserves to be in the book no i don't think it's that paranormal it's no. just a court case <laughs> it is and yeah. then like some people trying to kill someone They're like oh i know you did the white man's court thing but we have our own thing and sorry we're going to condemn you to death and then he flees and okay here's a paragraph to bring up the paranormal okay. it's called zombies the walking dead thank you a paragraph just that there are those in haiti who believe that voodoo priests have the power to resurrect the dead the haungan steals their soul from the corpse which he then reanimates as a mindless auto automaton a zombie this poor creature will if certain precautions are taken do his master's bidding ever after again it's not really specific to a case it sounds like that could have been a really interesting story <laughs> and like there could be examples but they wrote a paragraph mm. whereas the one before was a court case where the guy 
wasn't found guilty and then later we've got to end on a on yeah, an okay. upper rather than a downer so I'm going to flick to the nearest short one um, this actually crosses into the next um, uh, what category and what section category. are we in now what do we jump to let's jump to appearances and disappearances oh it's a fave of ours <laughs> bloody love that the monotonous routine of the inmates of the Prussian prison at Weichelmund was surprisingly disrupted in 1815. A valet named Diderici, locked up for impersonating his master after the latter had died of a stroke, was walking in chains in the walled exercise yard with other prisoners marching ahead and behind him. Suddenly, Diderici began to fade. Uh, fade as in, like, struggle to stand or in, like, disappear fade? According to both prisoners and guards, within seconds he was invisible. What? Then his manacles and ankle irons <laughs> clinked to the manacles. ground. <laughs> manacles, yeah. It must be like handcuffs. And ankle irons Mail. clinked to the ground. Nothing more was ever seen of him. Who su- He somehow had made a reality of every prisoner's dream. Wow. Okay, that's a high note. That's a better one, right? Yeah, I like the word manacles. <laughs> Thank you. Um, and on... Anything else to add? Uh, I think I think we've wrapped this up well. So, yeah, we've had a week off, but I think we've made up for it with, uh, you know, some, we're really packed paranormal into this one. Well, <laughs> like, maybe like... Maybe nearly, nearly, a, nearly, a, nearly sprinkled a quarter of the episode of Paranormal. So it's pretty mm-hmm. good for us. It's not bad for us. Um, a parting piece of advice is always watch your stopping distances. Just don't follow so it closely. Is. Maybe next time it is. And don't look at your phone. I was thinking this. Don't don't look at your phone. Mm. Um, and obey the speed limit. And if you're in the wet, just double that stopping distance. And on that note, we'll call that another week of Lights in the Sky podcast. Catch you next week. Oh, we will. Toodaloo.